Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are in part 2. Let's read the verses first. Therefore, therefore, after having learned all these things through chapter 11, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, nothing else, nothing less, nothing more, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Like I said, we're in part two of a multi-part sort of study of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Last week, we saw that in view of God's mercy, we are to offer our bodies as our whole beings, right? We're not speaking simply about our flesh, but our whole beings as physically and spiritually living sacrifices to God. And just as the whole burnt offering in the Old Testament was a commitment of consecration, we are consecrating ourselves for God. We're saying, I give it to you completely. It's set apart for you, our bodies. And we are devoting ourselves to God. We live as stewards and not owners of our bodies because our bodies are from God, through God, and for God. That's what we were looking at and that's what we are reminding ourselves about these truths. Now, you may ask, what is our whole being? Is it correct to describe ourselves as tripartite beings made up of a distinct spirit, soul, and body? Is that, why do we do that? Why do we speak about our whole beings in that way? The clearest response for that comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, which says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. It's a process. There's a transformation. There's something going on that is continuous. May he sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. By the way, that word blameless is a word from Psalm 119, verse 1. And we considered and prayed through this on the first day of our prayer and fasting to say, what does it mean to walk blamelessly before God without willful sin, having hidden faults addressed? And so we come to the Lord and we say, may our whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it is in our spirits that we relate to the Holy Spirit and receive new life. It is our spirit that is made a new creation in Christ Jesus when we are born again. We say, Lord God, I accept you. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 then tells us that the word of God, which is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, it pierces to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerns, it is discerning of the thoughts and intents, the intentions of the heart. 
So we see here that differentiation between the soul and the spirit. Our soul is the collective expression of our mind, our thinking, our will, our intellect, our emotions, and our memories. So spirit, that very life itself, what is God has breathed into man, the very breath of God in us, that is revived and made new. And our soul, that expression of our thinking, our will, intellect, all of those things together, right, distinct from the spirit. And then, of course, from distinct from the spirit and the soul is our physical body in which we live, our, as, as some have said, our earth suit, aliens and strangers in this foreign land, but living in this physical body. And so we have these considerations of the spirit, soul, and body. When we went through Romans chapter 8, we considered what it means to set our minds not on what the flesh desires, but on what the Holy Spirit desires, and what it means to live according to the Spirit. But I want to read Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 16 again, in light of this distinction today between spirit, soul, and body. So listen to this passage one more time, right, with that perspective, with that thought. How is the Bible speaking to me about the spirit, soul, and body? Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit Himself, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You see that? You see how the Lord is speaking of our spirit, soul, and body in these ways. And what you see here, what you understand, what you, what you recognize is that our, our spirits are renewed. They are justified by faith in Christ when we believed in our hearts and confessed with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. 
When we did that, our spirits are. They were. This was a past tense. Our souls, our minds are being renewed. It's a present continuous. Throughout our lives here on earth, through our relationship to God as his children, our minds, our souls are being renewed. And our physical bodies are actually wasting away on earth. But they will be renewed at Christ's second coming when we are resurrected from the dead and joined with Christ for eternity. So one part of us that was renewed already, one part of us that is being renewed, and one part of us that will be renewed. That's how we look forward to all of these fulfillments. And we say, oh God, thank you. But I want you to notice also the biblically prescribed alignment of spirit, soul, and body. Our spirits are to be aligned under and subject to the Holy Spirit. Then our souls, our minds, are to be subject to our spirit. We are to declare the truth of God and apply the commands of God that are received in our spirit. The spirit communicates to our spirit. What we receive in that way, we declare to our mind. So our mind is telling us, oh, fear, 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 fear. Anxiety, stress, worry. Come, you know. But we declare to our minds, no, here's the promise of God. Here is the truth of God. Here is the presence of God. Here is what the Lord says that applies. And when I am in the midst of that valley of the shadow of death, my Lord says to me that he is my shepherd and he is with me. And, he's go and we declare to our minds by the Spirit, this is what is true. Right? So our spirits are subject to the Holy Spirit and our souls, our minds are subject to our spirit as we declare those truths. And our flesh... Our bodies, with its appetites, are subject to the mind. How we think is how we're going to behave. And so we speak to our bodies, right? Those that are conditioning their bodies, you know from them, and you know from your own experience, it has nothing to do with just your physical conditioning. It has to do with what you think. It has to do with how you feel. It has to do with how you speak to your body. Not what your body says to you. And you know this from your own experience that the truths of God set us free. When we live in that freedom, our minds are at rest in peace. And when our minds are at rest in peace and we are free of anxiety and stress, our bodies are healthy. Most of the time, in what we do, is that our appetites, when we are living according to our appetites and our physically driven desires, when that is dominating then it's reversed. Our body is telling our mind what to do. I want this, I want that, I don't want this, you know, I, I can't wait for that. Our body, our appetites, our desires are driving our thinking. And our thinking then is then driving our truth as we think in those ways. We tend to be most focused, and when we do that, by the way, when we, when we are driven by our appetites and we're letting our appetites, our flesh dominate, we live as carnal Christians. The spirit is renewed, but the flesh is dominating. And so what happens? We live as carnal Christians. We live for the fulfillment of our pleasures. We don't live according to the truth of God. We live according to our own thinking. Right? And so when we live like that as carnal Christians, we are most focused on caring for and feeding our bodies first, then our souls, 
And only after that, if we have the time and the means, if there's something left over, then we think about our spirits. Right? So we pursue, we give priority, we give our time, we give our talent, we give our treasure to what? To the body first. And then to our minds. I want to be at peace, I want to be happy, I want to be, you know, whatever. And then I want to be entertained. I want to experience pleasure. And, and then after all of that, then we say, well, yeah, yeah, I'll think about God too. I'll go to church, I'll do this, I'll do that, whatever. We have reversed the priority that the Lord has actually asked us to live under. And what that, when we do that, when we reverse these priorities like this, things go awry. And then we are not sure why it's not working the way that it should. We're using what the Lord has given us in a way that he didn't intend for us to use it. And so when you, you know, you know when, you, when you use a hammer like a screwdriver, it doesn't work. If you use a screwdriver like a hammer, it's not going to work. You need to use it for its intended purpose. And so when we do that, most importantly, when we start to set things right, we have to nurture our spirit in worship, the word of God, and in prayer. We have to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Then we have to renew the mind in praise, in fellowship with one another, and in the application of the word of God. We're disciplining our minds. We're trans being transformed as the word is washing over us and working in us and cleansing us and doing that. So we're doing that to say, Lord God, nurture my, or renew my mind. And then we're Finally, disciplining the body and putting to death its misdeeds by the power of the Holy Spirit. We come full circle through the Holy Spirit, to our spirit, through the soul, to the soul, to the body, and by the power of the Holy Spirit we live. That's what we're called to do. That's the alignment that the Lord is asking us to have. And, and this is not an either-or proposition. This is not saying, I'll nurture my spirit and neglect my body. That's not the point. It's not saying, I'll be in the best physical shape possible, but I have no time for renewing the mind or building or nurturing the spirit. No, that's not the, the, the call. This whole being approach, this shalom of our existence is not where we would compartmentalize those things and say, well, I'm in the best shape ever. I have no time for church, but I'm in the best shape ever. No. It is to say all of these things, every part of our being, spirit, soul, and body, are to be cared for and brought into alignment under the Holy Spirit. It's a whole being that we got to pay attention to, right? And to live in this spiritual alignment, there are two important points to keep in mind from what we've just read regarding offering our bodies as living sacrifices. First one is this. We offer our bodies to be holy and pleasing to the Lord. It says, offer your bodies as holy and pleasing to the Lord. Now, since our bodies belong to God, we're, we're, we are, again, we're merely stewards of our bodies. We don't own it. Um, we, and we offer it as whole burnt offering. We're consecrating our bodies or setting them apart or making them holy to the Lord. 
we are going through that process of sanctification. We're justified, but we're being sanctified so that we may be glorified. Right? Saved, transformed, re redeemed, completely, you know, just made new, resurrected. Right? So when we're doing that, as we are consecrating ourselves to him, and we're saying, Lord God, you come and you do this and so on. We are deliberately and continuously separating ourselves from what is unclean. Especially anything that would contaminate our relationship with God. We're saying, is this going to affect my relationship with God adversely? Then I'm not going to have any part with it. Is this going to further my relationship with God? Then I pursue it. Right, so we're, we're being deliberate about what affects us and what it is and how it is so that we may be consecrated, so that we may be holy, so that we would be offered to the Lord in that way. Remember what we read in Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought or pardon me, those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself offer every part of yourself that means your eyes what you look at your ears what you listen to your tongue what you speak your hands what you do your feet where you go your heart what you love your stomach your organs what you eat or drink and what you desire offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness that's the challenge that's the call now here's the thing so this holiness and there's more to say about holiness but just I'm very briefly touching on this one point that this holiness is this idea that we are saying I'm set apart I'm consecrated I am devoted to God. Right? In any kind of observance where someone will say, this is holy and this is unholy, what do they do? What they say is, what they do is, what they, what they consistently will see, you'll see is that they've taken something and set it apart. They care for it differently. They keep it separately. They do something and say, this is holy. This is sacred. Think about it. What we are saying is our bodies are like that. We want to take our bodies and set it apart for God. And say, Lord, this is holy. This is for you. This is yours. I'm going to care for my body with that perspective. With that mindset. Right? And after we do that. So again, like I said, a little bit more to say on this in a point of application in terms of being holy before the Lord. But as we offer consecrated, holy, pure bodies to God, look at this, what happens. The Lord is pleased. Our sacrifice is pleasing to him. I want to emphasize that the Bible does not ask us to offer what we would think of as perfect bodies. And, you know, just the right body. I'm going to get my body right and then offer it to God. It just says, offer holy bodies. Offer a body that's been set apart for God. We tend to be pleased with our bodies when we achieve the right weight, 
the right looks, the right strength, and the right energy. I feel good. Then we say, okay, I'm pleased, I'm happy. I'm good with my body. Right? I'm, I'm happy with where I am. Whether we're pleased or not, when we look in the mirror, is not based on what God says. Is based on what the world's and subsequently our perceptions are of what our bodies should look like rather than what they should be. We're not saying, God, what do you want our, my body to be? We're saying, how do I need to look? And you stand, mm, okay. And then we spend some time. And then we go after certain things. Why? So that our bodies will be pleasing to whom? To us. To the world. But God says, I want you to offer your bodies as it is. Consecrated for me. Set apart for me. And it's pleasing to me. It's pleasing to me. That's your holy and pleasing sacrifice. Oh, what a, what a difference. And again, let me be very clear. We do need to maintain our bodies as temples of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying do whatever you want with your body and then just give it to God. No, God had talked about offering up that perfect lamb because he said this has to be something that you're taking care about. There has to be some diligence in saying I offer my body to the Lord. But you're not trying to offer what is perfect in the eyes of the world. You're offering everything that who you are as we give it to the Lord as temples of the Holy Spirit. See, it's the obsession with looks and all the problems associated with poor body image that leads to eating disorders and plastic surgery and all the rest of it because we're trying to please ourselves rather than trying to please God. Our goal is not that we would be free of physical flaws. My nose is not just right. My eyebrows need plucking. Like this, you know. It's not, it's not about physical flaws. It's about spiritual blemish. We're not trying to be devoid of physical flaws. We're trying to be free of spiritual blemish. To be blameless before God. So the second point to keep in mind when we offer our bodies. We offer our bodies to God as living sacrifices as an act of worship. We want to do this. He said we offer our bodies to God. It's holy and pleasing to him. And it is our act of worship. Eyes, hands, feet, tongues, our whole beings glorifying and praising God. Devotion and attention to God. Not God as an afterthought. We're saying, I'll give you my whole being, God. I'm completely and totally devoted to you. I'm giving you my full attention. I want to worship you. I want to honor you. I want to declare your goodness and your faithfulness, even as we said. I want to say, Lord God, you are worthy. To speak of worship is to say, God is worthy. There is a worth that I attribute to God. Lord, you are worth it. So when I come and give you my whole being, 
I'm saying, God, you are worthy of my worship, of my honoring you, of my giving thanks to you. And that's what we're doing. You see, my focus this morning is not primarily about what you should do and how you should do it, which diet you should follow, how you should exercise. Right? There's plenty of good biblical counsel for every aspect of physical lives, of our lives on earth. Plenty of counsel. You can find it in all sorts of ways. You know, be discerning about it, but it's there. The focus on this this morning is not on the behavior, it's on our mindset, our thinking. Do we consider everything that we do in our bodies as an act of worship? Do we think about it like that? Do we say, oh God, whether I raise my hands or not during a worship service, by the way, it's not more holy to have your hands fully up versus just halfway. You know, there's nothing. There's, God's not looking at that. It's not more holy if you sing louder. It's not more holy if you have, you know, some talent that you can give to the Lord. You know, it, it, this is not the question. It's not, you know, do I raise my hands? Do I bow down? Do I kneel? Do I lie prostrate before the Lord in prayer? Do I eat certain kinds of foods or not? Do I volunteer for all the service opportunities at church or not? Do I sing or not? Is there, you know, capability in me? Oh, you know, I'm a good singer. You know, I'll give that to God, right? It's not my talent, my training. Oh, I've learned how to play an instrument. I'll give that to God. You know, it, these are not the things that the, that the Lord is asking primarily about. The question is, whatever you do, whenever you do it, are you doing it with your whole being as an act of worship to God? And here's, here's the critical evaluation that you need to have. Whether you're in the middle of watching something, reading something, eating something, drinking something, speaking something, or doing whatever you are doing, would you be able to confidently say, this is my act of worship to God? Like right in the middle of what you're doing, could you just stop and say, oh, I'm confident. I'm yelling at my kids. I'm confident that I'm in the middle of worshiping God. I'm having a fight with my wife, but you know what? In the middle of that, I can say, oh, I'm, this is my act of worship to God. Could you do that? Could you confidently assert, right in the middle of what you're doing, this is my act of worship to God. If you cannot, maybe you need to make a change. Because when we are offering our whole beings to God as acts of worship, we're saying, God, whatever I do, whatever I do, whether I put something into my body or I'm doing something else or I'm going somewhere else or I'm watching a movie or I'm, and you know, again, I'm not saying to you, don't watch a movie. But in the middle of that movie, can you say, this is my act of worship to God? Some movies more so than others. But, you know, uh, but, you, but, but do you understand the point that I'm making to you? We've got to ask this question. 
And again, I, whenever I get up here, I tell you this repeatedly. I speak these things to myself first. I look at myself and I'm looking at the things that I do and I think and I say and I say, you know, I'm asking my question of myself and saying, Lord God, just an hour ago, just a day ago, just a month ago, what I did, what I said, what I was thinking, could I confidently say, this is my act of worship to God? Would God be pleased as I reviewed that? Would I, would I, would I, can I step away from it, watch myself and watch God, and watch it being replayed and see God being pleased? Would he be saying, well done, good and faithful servant. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Would he say that? See, true worship. Worship that is as Jesus describes in John 4, which is worship in spirit and in truth, is worship that flows from a mind that is being renewed, where our thinking is changing, where we're thinking of things differently, where we look at things differently, where our perspective is different. It is not as it used to be. It's not even as it used to be yesterday. Continuously transformed by the renewing of our minds. That we would say, oh Lord God, we respond and apply by offering our bodies to please you and to worship you. Oh God, make that happen. Make that happen. So here's this point of application. Tying back to being holy, to being worshipers, you know. Worship is, as, and as we are reminded every week, worship is not just about singing a song. Everything, everything that we do as an act of worship. Everything that we think, everything that we say, everything that we would interact in as an act of worship. Can we confidently do that? So as a point of application, I'll tell you this. Consider what you're doing. When you're doing it. How you're doing it. Who you're doing it with. And most importantly, why you're doing it. Take inventory. Take inventory. And say, Lord God, I need some help. There are some things here that I can say, yeah, you know what? This is getting to worship. Help me. Reinforce this. Strengthen this. Build it up. Help me to keep going. But there are other things, Lord, here that are not worship. These things are detracting from my relationship with you. These things are contaminating my relationship with you. I can't confidently in the middle of that say, this is my act of worship. Make a change, Lord. Make a change. Help me to come to you and to see this changed by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you come and you help me to say no to some more things. And you help me to say yes to some more things. And you help me to start doing things that I haven't been doing. And you help me, Lord, to continue in things that you want me to continue to do. And you help me, Lord, to worship you. That's 
our point of application. You see, when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, we're saying, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. That your entire desire in life would be to please and worship God. That our entire lives, our whole beings, would be given to that purpose. We're going to take some time to just pray this morning. And, you know, you can hear a word like this, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I know that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and convict you of something. Remember, there is no condemnation. This is not something where you have to think, oh, I've been a terrible person. Oh, I've done a whole bunch of bad things. Oh, I'm still doing terrible stuff. No. This is not to condemn. It is conviction that allows us to come in faith to the Lord and say, oh, Lord God, transform me. Change me. Change my stinking thinking, right? That we have to come to the Lord with that humility, with that submission, and say, Lord God, do your work. So I'm going to pray. And then after that, we're just going to spend a little bit more time just in prayer here. And then we're going to let the Lord speak to us for just a few minutes. And I'm challenging you. As the Lord is laying on your heart, how you have to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, meaning your whole beings, how you would offer it to God in act of worship, in a way that is holy, consecrated, set apart, and pleasing to God. Whatever the Lord is showing you, I assure you, the Lord will speak to you. Whatever he's showing you, be quick to act on that. Be quick to obey that. You don't have to wait for a whole revelation of everything else. Just one thing maybe. But say, Lord God, take this. I want to bring this before you. Father, we thank you that you are the one that speaks to us powerfully through your word. And Lord God, as we turn to you, as we speak to you, as we ask you to move, Lord God, you come. You come, Holy Spirit. And you change our thinking. So that, Father, in the middle of anything that we are doing, as we give it to you, as we offer our whole beings to you as living sacrifices, may it be truly, truly holy and pleasing to you, Lord. May it be our spiritual act of worship. We ask this in Jesus' name.